Man, Consciousness, and Understanding. Channelings from Clyde Trepanier. Volume 3 Continued. Sessions from 1961, November through December. Thursday, November 2nd, 1961. Greetings in the light, my friends. I am Oxel. It is with great concern that we view the happenings upon planet Earth today. There are certain powers who would bring great fear to the hearts of Earth people by making great displays of their power. It is sad that these people are allowed to pollute your atmosphere to this extent, to cast these great quantities of pollution upon your people. As a result of this, soon you shall see great increases in cancer and leukemia, and many other unfamiliar conditions will rise in your people in their physical bodies. If these people who are bringing about these things realized the karma that is being poured upon their heads, they would hesitate somewhat in their actions. But in their mad pursuit for power, they lose all sense of responsibility for their fellow man, and thus mankind suffers at their hand. This should never be, that a civilization should have these things cast upon it by a small minority of its people. These people who are toying with these energies are like small children playing with dynamite. We have given warning to your people of the results of toying with these energies, for these are the pure energies of the universe and are not to be tampered with by man. And when he violates these laws, he can only bring suffering and destruction upon himself and his fellow man. These events, unless more control is brought over them, will eventually bring destruction to your people. Your scientific minds, in the majority, know very little about these energies and the destruction that can be brought through their use. The effects of this detonation in such quantities can bring great havoc to your Earth's structure, much greater than they can possibly realize. All in our power is being done at this time to try to bring influence upon these feeble minds to bring a realization to them of their responsibilities and a realization of what they are doing to their brother man. But many of these minds are so lost in their pursuit for power that they have become possessed by a great madness. We sincerely hope that we shall not have to intervene physically to save planet Earth, but certainly at this moment there is no reason to believe that we may not have to do this. I say to each of you, Use your own power of mind to concentrate upon these individuals and help to bring influence upon them. For each mind that is concentrated upon them and influencing them will add that much to what we are doing. These individuals who are bringing about these conditions among your people will definitely not be among the remnants of civilization of Earth 
for they have a long way to go in their evolution towards self-realization. My beloved friends, I speak not these words to bring fear in your hearts, but I feel that each of you are capable of receiving truth as it stands, and that each of you, realizing the truth, will do your part in helping your people to avoid further discomfort and exposure to the powers that be. You can send thoughts of light and love, plus periods of concentration towards these minds, for you have power in mind. All is mind, and in this mind you have power. By concentrating your thoughts of influence upon the powers that control your people, the powers that are behind your wars, the powers that bring about these conditions, concentrate your influence upon them. And if enough people will do this, the influence will be felt. We as outsiders can only use such methods at this point, and your power of concentration will add to ours. We do not wish to see this unnecessary suffering brought upon your people, and many attempts have been made, but seemingly in vain, to point out the folly of these things to your leaders, to point to them a better way. Yet it seems that little heed has been given to our warnings. There is among your people a great many who, through the fear that has been brought into their hearts, are attempting to persuade these leaders. Yet little heed is being given to these people at this time. But I shall predict that this great fear and unrest shall increase until your people are protesting in great masses. And it is altogether possible that the influence of these great masses may reach those who are in power before it is entirely too late. I admit to you, my friends, this has not been a pleasant conversation to listen to. Yet one must face the truth. For unless we face it, we are only hiding from it. And we do nothing about it. Conditions are not changed without action. Nothing is accomplished without action. So, beloved friends, it is time for Earth people to act, if they would prevent these things. I leave you by extending to you the love and understanding of my people, and I extend to you my sincerest blessings. I am Oxel. Friday, November 3rd, 1961. Greetings to you and my blessings, my beloved friends. It is the first time that I have had the privilege of speaking to this group. I shall only take a few moments of your time, but I should like to state that I am very close to one of you here tonight and have been through many years of your sojourn upon this planet. I wonder, my beloved friends, just how serious you are in considering the fact that it is necessary for you to prepare yourselves for the great coming changes that are to take place on planet Earth, in what we of the other realms of life 
consider a very, very great advancement for both planet Earth and your solar system. I know that there are those who state that they shall not be around to see these changes take place, but I say to you, my friends, that all of you shall be around and witness these great events. You shall be either in the physical, chemical body that you now possess, or you will be in your electrical body. Nevertheless, all of you shall be here to witness these great changes, and regardless of which stage of life you are in, preparation still remains a necessity. For those of you who shall experience these changes in the chemical body, a greater awareness and preparation is necessary. These things, my friends, have not been talked about so many times for naught. We who are able to view this from, shall we say, a greater vantage point, perhaps have gained a greater perspective of the vastness and the greatness of this event or events. Man must and will, if he is to remain, take on a whole new consciousness, both scientifically and spiritually. He shall reach out, expanding his consciousness to take in greater and greater knowledge and understanding of the universe, and of the vast expanse that lies ever out, ever wider, ever larger, bringing to him knowledge and wisdom in ever greater abundance. He shall come into an understanding of the functioning of universal laws, and he shall learn to master these laws. He shall learn that within man himself lies the power, the wisdom, and the understanding to use these great universal energies and laws to bring about great good for himself and his fellow man. But friends, do not take these things lightly but rather become reverent, serious, and sincere in your search for the understanding that will enable you to move into the changes that are to come to bring about a new age that is about to blossom forth for your planet and its people who will prepare themselves for its coming. Some of the events are not going to be pleasing to you, but if you shall begin to expand your consciousness and your awareness, you can rise above the unpleasantness, and great help awaits those who are sincere and are willing to do their part in the transition of your planet. When these times have passed, and the remnants of civilization shall consist of those who have accomplished these things, they shall build a civilization upon planet Earth that is far far beyond what any of you could possibly conceive of at this moment. Man that remains shall blossom forth into a new species of mankind through the help of great sincere beings who are anxious to see planet Earth take its place, its rightful place, in the confederation of the planets, and join in the great brotherhood of man, where man realizes his at-oneness with all creation. And this realization is of far greater value than anything else you could possibly have. It has been my very, very great privilege to have this opportunity to spend a few moments with you in this manner. 
May the peace and the love of all the great ones become a part of you. My peace and my blessings I wish to leave with you. Peace to you, my friends. Peace to you. Peace. Thursday, November 9th, 1961. Good evening to you, my friends. I am Yom. It has been some time since I have visited you. Group. We have missed you. Yom. I have also missed you, and it gives me great pleasure to once more come among you and be as one of you. Man today is seeking to know the secrets of the universe and to learn of its powers, its energies. He is putting forth great efforts to try to learn these things. Yet, so very, very little effort is put forth by man to learn something about himself. Is this not true, my friends? Man knows on planet Earth so very, very little about himself and yet he spends great amounts of energy, time, and money trying to learn the secrets of the universe, to discover new scientific methods, etc. If Earth man could come into realization of the importance of discovering himself and spend half of the effort in discovering himself, he should advance at tremendous speeds in his scientific knowledge. For when man has discovered himself, he has really discovered the secrets of the universe. For man is all things. But until man begins to know himself, he shall find his progress in science quite difficult. What I am trying to say to you is that once man has learned about himself, has discovered the power that lies within him, who and what he is, then these things become quite simple, for he can learn that he has the power to tap the universal mind, so to speak, and gain knowledge so very, very easily, for it is all there. Nothing that you shall discover or develop in thousands of years or from now on, nothing, not one thing shall you find or discover that is not already there. It is there. You only need to reach out with your own mind to be able to attune your consciousness to the universal consciousness that is always there and contains everything that has ever been or ever will be. For there can be nothing new. But man has learned so very, very little about his pure being. His pure being. For man in his pure being can at all times attune himself to the one and only consciousness, for he is a part of this consciousness. Each individual consciousness is a cell in a great consciousness, as one minute cell in your physical structure is a part of the whole. And so, my friends, you are equally a part of this great universal consciousness. Now you say, my friends, how do I do this? How do I discover myself? Well, this is a good question. Very good. 
First, man has to begin to expand his consciousness. He has to at least consider some of these things and come into some realization of what he is. The difficulty with man of earth is that he does not want to admit his greatness. He wants to suppress himself, so to speak. He wants to say, I'm just a little fellow. I have no power. I cannot do this. I cannot do that because of certain circumstances that surround me. This person or that person holds me back. But my friends, realize what you are. Admit to yourself what you are. For if you do not admit it, surely no one else is going to recognize it. For you can be what you can conceive of being. So start to realize that you are a part of the whole creation and that your place in creation is just as important as the highest being you can conceive of. The only difference between you and a being of higher understanding is that you have not come into the realization of your true self, for all men were created equal, and each man is entitled to his place, but he must claim it. If he is not willing to claim it, then he will never reach this state. But sooner or later, all men must come into this realization and again return to his rightful place and again climb back to the point of pure being. Man upon your planet must begin to realize these things. But know that you are not going to reach this state of pure being in a moment. For from where Earthman stands today, it is going to take time to weed out of his consciousness the misbeliefs and the untruths that he has stored there. He must weed out all of the limitations. Man has placed so many, many limitations upon himself that he has really made his road very rough and difficult. So I say to you, my friends, start to weed out these limitations from your consciousness. Refuse to have anything to do with them. This will take a bit of working, for the things that have been so deeply embedded there over the period of, perhaps I could say, several lifetimes, will not leave easily or willingly. You are going to have to work on this a little bit. But I am sure that once you have decided that you are going to weed these things out of your consciousness and cast them aside, never more to allow them to enter, you are going to find a new world opening up before you. And you shall find that you have power and great abilities within you that you never dreamed existed. And you shall be greatly surprised to find out what you really are. My friends, it has been my very great pleasure to spend these few moments with you tonight. I sincerely hope that you have enjoyed it as much as I. If I have been of some slight service to you, I am very, very grateful. I want to thank all of you for accepting me in your midst tonight, and I assure you that my love and blessings shall follow you in your search for truth. And I should also like to tell you that each of you have been greatly blessed tonight, as well as myself. For among you tonight, 
perhaps you were not aware, stood a very, very great being whom I have great reverence for, and always feel very humble in his presence. This being has stood among you tonight, and to each of you he has given a very, very special blessing. I thought that perhaps you should like to know. And now, my friends, I must vacate this instrument. Peace be with you, my friends. Peace. Tuesday, November 21st, 1961. Greetings in the light, my friends. I am Oxel. My beloved friends, today Earthman is living in a time when opportunities have never been greater to improve his understanding, his spiritual growth, also his scientific knowledge. Many of your people have made great strides in their scientific knowledge in a very short period but little progress has been made in the growth or the increase of their spiritual understanding, of their understanding of man himself. You see the great difference between a man having both spiritual and scientific knowledge and a man having only scientific knowledge. It is that the man who possesses both makes sure that his scientific knowledge is used for the good of all mankind. He does not use this for self-gain or for the gain of the few. If this realization could come forth in the minds of earth people and manifest, earth man would find himself on a path of the greatest advancement in the history of your planet. But this does not seem to be the case, but rather among the majority, it seems they are going in the opposite direction we of other planets and other systems, not that we are so wise or possess such great inconceivable knowledge, no, this is not so. For in reality, we have gained but very little knowledge of the scientific and the spiritual possibilities that man has. Yet, of the very small knowledge that we have, we would like very much to share with Earthman if we could be but sure that this knowledge would be used for the good of all mankind upon your planet and would help to raise him in consciousness to make this life more pleasant, to give him a greater opportunity to seek self-knowledge or self-realization. But in every attempt of this kind that has been made upon your planet, we have found our information at help going to the benefit of only a few being used to gain more power over their fellow man. This should never be, that man should seek to control another or to hold power over him, but rather the desire should be to raise the consciousness of his fellow being, to bring in him the knowledge, the understanding of a way to make his life more abundant, more rich. Man does not find it necessary to eke out his existence by the sweat of his brow when he has true understanding. For he understands that the universe contains all that man has need of. He needs only to gain the understanding to bring it forth. By this, I do not mean to say that man does not need to work 
but he need not work as many of your people think of work. But man would not be happy to do nothing. Man would not grow by doing nothing. Man needs to exercise his talents. He needs to develop these things. Seeking understanding is work, but man does not gain understanding lest he work for it. The time is here when the chaff is being separated from the wheat. Flocks are being gathered together. The shepherd sees the storm approaching. He knows that the snows will soon cover the grass and he is gathering in his sheep. And to these will be given the secrets, for they shall use them as your Creator intended that they shall be used. This one realization must remain firm in the hearts of all who are to be trusted with this knowledge, that this knowledge, this understanding must be used for the good of all mankind. If this is not done, this knowledge will eventually destroy you, for this is a universal law that none can avoid. And my friends, you need only to search back in the past civilizations of your earth and you shall find that this was the very thing that destroyed them. Do not let this happen to you. Realize your relationship to all creation, that without your brother man, you could not exist. You would not be. And without you, he would not be. Realizing that when you have raised the consciousness of either yourself or your brother, you have raised the consciousness of all mankind. This is the great at-oneness of which we so often speak. This is the great at-oneness that man of earth must come into the realization of. Each is a great being, but without the other, we would be as nothing. My friends, I leave you by extending to you the love, the light, and the understanding of my people. I am Oxel. Monday, November 27th, 1961. Peace, peace, peace. Beloved, ye seek many things in your search. Ye seek understanding. Ye seek to know the paths that will carry you on the path of great experiences. Ye seek to know the secrets of the mystics. These things, my beloved, are all yours to receive. Each of you is a beloved child of the Most High. All things that have been created were created for you. It is yours to claim. Why do you not claim these things? Why do you not receive your rightful place? It is for you to take the step, and as you take this step, none will hold you back. Man is his own worst enemy. Man can so easily recognize his limitations, blocks that do not exist, the hate, the resentment, and the greed that man holds within himself and refuses to let go of is the thing that holds earth man in bondage more than anything today. 
This has been pointed out to man so many times through the generations, yet he fails to see these blocks, these chains that hold him in bondage. I say to you, beloved, let go of these things. Replace these things with joy, with love, and with understanding. The great problems that exist on planet Earth today could be solved so easily if man would leave these things out of his negotiations. If he would sit down, man to man, with the purpose in his heart of doing that which is for the good of all mankind. For that which is good for all mankind will solve all problems. No problem was ever solved with an attitude of mind of accomplishing for the self. It is well to keep one's heart joyous, grateful, to feel an appreciation, a gratefulness for that which comes our way. If one will but maintain an attitude of this type and see in all men a part of self, a realization of at-oneness, a realization that all men are great and that all men will sooner or later come into their pure state of being, that each man is climbing, as am I, toward his goal. Some are on one rung of the ladder and others may be upon a higher or lower rung. But what matters this? All mankind is climbing together, attempting knowingly or unknowingly to reach this stage of pure being. Beloved ones, all of you on the path of truth shall pass through many doors in a short period of time, and you shall close each of these doors behind you. In each room through which you pass, you will have great experiences by which you are to grow and reach new heights in truth. Make the best of each of these experiences. Allow yourself to get the most from each, and by doing so, you will have reached another rung on the ladder. And when the new age into which you are entering has blossomed forth, you shall find yourself to be a new being in stature, in understanding. Allow universal love to blossom forth in your consciousness that you might receive in great abundance that which is rightfully yours. Peace, peace, peace. Thursday, November 30th, 1961. My beloved children of the light, seekers of truth, you spend much time and effort in thy search of truth. Yet, seemingly in your mind, you have great difficulty in accomplishing the goals that you seek. But I say to thee, beloved ones, thy efforts are not wasted. Yet, I would recommend to thee that thy search for truth, for understanding, be widened. Seek and look everywhere for truth, for all things reveal unto thee the truths that are held in creation. I say to thee that every segment of creation contains truth. Man of earth has been taught that he must seek spiritual truths and understanding only in the temples and the books. 
But I say to thee, my friends, truth must be sought everywhere. And many times you will find great pearls of truth where you least expect to find them. Oft times, great truths are found in the hearts of the very lowly. So, beloved ones, be ever mindful of these things, for truth is everywhere. Man has made a great effort to separate, to divide into segments, truth, science, metaphysics, religions. In creation, nothing is separated, for all is one, and one is all. Not one of your great religions contains all truth, yet each has its segment. A great blending together must take place if we are to truly grow in understanding. A gathering together, a sorting, a fitting together of the many, many segments, that man might have life and have it abundantly through his understanding. Your Creator has not separated any of His gifts for you. Only man has separated these things. Great abundance ye all may have, if you will but attempt to reach an understanding of universal law. But attempt to come into the realization of your relationship to creation and all things therein. I must say to thee again, and many times it has been said to you before, Love thee one another. And this I do not mean in the respect that earth man regards love, but by coming to a realization of thyself and thy relation to all mankind, to all creation, will thou understand universal love, where man thinks not in terms of self, but in terms of mankind. For what is good for mankind is good for me. You have been told many times, beloved ones, that the time of fulfillment of the prophecies is at hand, that your great planet is about to pass through the period of great changes as they were spoken of by some of your ancient prophets. Yet, sometimes we recognize in the hearts of many truth-seekers a doubt that these events will take place, will really occur. I wonder today how many if they were put to the final test, were asked to make the last great step, to go all the way to cast aside all of the false gods, we wonder how many could truly do this and would. There are many who still worship the false god of materialism. Yet, they would not admit even to themselves that this condition existed within their consciousness. It is well to occasionally, very honestly, take stock of ourselves, to put ourselves to the acid test and to see just where we stand. If this were done honestly and fairly, many might find that within their consciousness there are more false gods than they realize. My dear friends, it shall behoove all of us to build our foundation for truth upon a foundation of solid rock, so that when the time arrives that we are given the final test, we can stand firm and move on from there to new and greater heights on the never-ending spiral of truth and understanding. 
I am told that a beloved friend of yours is standing by to spend a few moments with you by use of this instrument. Therefore, I shall draw to a close my humble dissertation and allow him to converse with you. May the love and the understanding of all the great masters fill the hearts of each of you, and may each of you reach your goal as rapidly as you desire. Peace be with you, my friends. Peace, peace, peace. Thursday, December 7th, 1961. Peace to thee, my friends. I have asked permission, and I am grateful for being so graciously granted this experience of speaking tonight. I would ask the indulgence of the group, for I came tonight primarily to speak in behalf of the departing ones. I came because I have a special interest and wish to inject encouragement and assurance. To these dear ones, I would like to extend my compliments for their courage in standing forth and stepping forward in their, or what they feel to be, their rightful path. I would say to you, go forth with a joyous heart, not the joy of a fool, but the joy of wisdom, going forth with a knowing heart, knowing that you are being guided into a new world of experience and that you are going to take advantage in every way possible to grow to reach new heights in your universal love and understanding. Know that as it has been so far in your preparation for this change, that there will be, at every turn, at every crossroad, a guiding hand that will take you to the heights that you seek. Give thanks in your heart that the opportunity has opened for you to serve in preparing for things that are to come, that are to bring about upon your planet new and great opportunities for those who seek the greater knowledge of the universe. As you move into the new world of experiences, close the door behind you and let the past be gone, and begin a completely new world of experiences. In your thinking, in your seeking, and in your service to mankind, let this one great realization ripen in your mind, that you are a servant of mankind, that it is your purpose in your sojourn through life to give. If earth man would but realize the importance of his service, not with a thought of self-importance, but rather with a thought of being of service, and as your desire doth grow, so will your understanding. And as you know, with understanding comes love and joy and peace. As you enter your new world, you shall find great opportunities to be close to nature. Watch her closely and see how much understanding you shall gather by observing her. She shall teach you many lessons that will be of great value to you, if you will but observe her. Many truths lie hidden there. So, my beloved children, as you go forth into your new world, I shall be watching you and helping you in every way possible, that you might gain ever more wisdom and understanding. New worlds shall open for all of you, 
if you will but take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. So, my beloved children, go in peace, and may the light of the infinite spirit of creation go before you and open the way. I am most grateful. Go in peace. Friday, December 8th, 1961. Peace to thee, my friends. I am Anthon. Among you tonight were discussed some very deep subjects. I know that many of these things are mysterious in thy minds. Creation to some may seem quite complex, as indeed it is. Yet, as understanding grows in man's mind, as his consciousness begins to grow, these complexities become quite simple. But for man to understand many of these things, he must grow into them as it would be. It is well to consider the various aspects of creation, but of those subjects which are beyond the understanding of your present consciousness, do not ponder them too seriously or extensively, for in due time, with patience and sincerity in desiring to grow, all of these things shall clarify themselves in thy minds. I realize also that among those of you present here this night, there is anxiety as to your future, as to where your path will lead in your search for greater understanding, and in your search for opportunities to serve in the preparation of your planet as it embarks upon its new experience that is about to take place. There has existed among many of those with whom you associate in your search the anxiety to get on with things. Yet I must say to you again, beloved friends, that patience coupled with sincere awareness is all that is needed by you. A sincerity to serve mankind in whatever way is presented to you at the moment. And each moment will take care of itself and lead you onward on your path. Occasionally, you may stumble, you may falter here and there. But if these rules are followed, your destination will be assured. So be not anxious, my friends. Be not anxious of the morrow. For each new day is a new world opening before you, and may be the day that will bring thee one of the great experiences of your sojourn. He who walks in peace, in love, in understanding, walks a path that will surely bring him to the goal in consciousness that he seeks. May the peace, love, and understanding of all the great masters rest upon the hearts of each of thee. Questioner, may I ask a question? Anthon, for a moment, I shall hesitate to try to help you if it is within my humble knowledge. Questioner, could you elaborate a bit on the statement that we are an extension of our higher consciousness? Anthon, my dear brother, this is the subject which I was referring to in the beginning of my talk, and to go further into this at the moment would lead us into perhaps deeper complications. 
For as I have stated, these subjects are complicated subjects at certain levels of understanding. Yet, as you progress along the way, the enfoldment of these things shall take place in the consciousness. Perhaps at another time we can delve slightly into this subject, but at this moment, I am sorry, beloved ones, it would take too long. Not that I would not be willing to spend the time, but at this moment it would not be wise for two reasons. I should not like to hold the instrument this much greater length of time, and then I should like to consider a proper way of presentation in order that misunderstandings do not arise. So, beloved ones, if you will forgive me, I should like to withdraw from answering you at this time. Peace be with you, my friends. Peace be with you. Peace. Thursday, December 14th, 1961. Peace, peace, peace. My beloved children, let us this night consider seriously our attitudes, our feelings, from our innermost depths. There may be times in the not too far distance when some of you may be called upon to perform tasks that will require great sacrifices, great efforts that may be more than you will care to give. In your religions, oft times it is spoken that man is required to give his all, if it is to be required, and that he would turn the other cheek and go the extra mile, that he would give all if need be. Yet these are but empty words coming from the mouths of men, for if they were called upon to sacrifice in the least, they would withdraw. I wonder if earth people would know the sacrifices that have been made for them, the beings who have left their homes, their friends, who have given all that man could give in order that Earthman might be raised from the darkness in which he has dwelt so long. Men and women who have lived in what you would call a paradise have forsaken all of this and undergone great discomforts, great inconveniences to attempt to save a race of man who has had no thought or put forth any effort to save himself. I wonder if earth people would do the same. Beloved ones, have you ever peered into your innermost being and asked yourself, how far would I go if I were called upon to serve my fellow being who has wasted his life, brought pain and destruction upon himself? caused great chaos in his life and in the lives of others. How far would I really go to serve this type of man? I would like you, beloved ones, to consider this thought, ponder it somewhat in your mind, and see what your answer will be. For, beloved ones, the day may come when you might be called upon to do this very thing. So I say to you in all sincerity, it is well that you ponder these things. All men were created with a will that is free. He has the choice to serve or not to serve. 
to do or not to do. Man must always choose, for creation is always a divided highway, and you can take the right or the left as you choose. In my humble opinion, it is well sometimes to measure oneself by honestly considering these things, by truly and logically examining the road that can possibly be one that you have to travel, and then decide in your own heart which will be your road. I shall not take more of your precious time, but as I withdraw, I will again invoke upon each of you my most sincere and loving blessings. There's an Om chant. Peace, peace, peace. Tuesday, December 19th, 1961. Greetings in the light, my friends. I am Oxel. As we observe Earth people preparing for the great celebration which is about to take place among your people, it never ceases to amaze us that this type of preparation and celebration should be given for such a great being, and then so promptly forgetting all that he stood for the moment the celebration is over. This being came to your planet with great sacrifice to himself to bring to Earthman some truths that could set him free from the bondage that he found himself in. Yet were his truths so lightly taken and so often deliberately misinterpreted. Many times they were deliberately distorted by those who would hold control over their people. Yet a few did benefit, and still do, those who have been willing to sacrifice enough of their time and energy to dig out the true meanings of the words that he spoke. The story of his birth, as it is told in your religious histories, is not altogether accurate, but, as it was told by those who saw and understood not, it was told in expressions that were familiar to them. And yet, it would seem that people of today who have advanced in science, who have greater knowledge of the universe, would attempt to find the truth in these stories, but they do not. They go on, being told in the same words, in the same way. I am sure that any of you here on this night would agree with me when I say that planets and stars do not move from their orbits and float gently along leading people to their destinations. As it is known today by your astronomers, the solar systems move in great accuracy. These things are not possible. The creator of these universes, these galaxies, created them to operate by law, and even they do not and cannot change these laws. Would I dare say to you, beloved friends, that the base from which this star came was a much greater star and is today orbiting your planet far out in space, and the same great being is aboard it? It is not a star as you think of it, but a huge craft capable of traveling space wherever and whenever it is directed. The lights 
or light that did the directing upon this night was a small craft remotely controlled that was being directed from the larger craft. Once again, in the not too far future, this being shall emerge again from this craft and walk among your people. But then your earth shall have been cleansed, will have taken on a new look. Yes, even your system, your solar system, will have taken on a new look. And even man himself will have undergone great changes. Beloved friends, as you celebrate the coming of this being to your planet, think of him as a great master of truth, and give thanks in your heart that you may have the opportunity again, someday, to welcome him again to your planet. I leave you, beloved ones, in the light, the love, and the understanding of my people. I am Oxel. Thursday, December 28th, 1961. Peace be with thee, my beloved children. I am Anthon. I shall take a moment to extend to you tonight my blessing. Since this is your season for exchanging blessings, I shall enter your custom and extend to each of you this blessing. May the words of this great being, whose birth you celebrate at this season, May the true meaning of these words awaken in the hearts of each of thee, and may the realization of these words bring about a new understanding that will bring into your life a great peace and open for you new horizons on your journey down the corridors of truth. And now I shall withdraw and allow another to take my place, who, I know, has become greatly beloved by those of you who have come to know him. Our beloved brother, Yom, is going to talk to you for a short time. May his peace rest with each of thee. Peace. Yom. Good evening to you, my friends. I am Yom. Once more it is my pleasure to come among you. It always gives me great pleasure to be among beloved ones. I should also like to extend to you my blessings. I know each of you, as you journey forward in your search, shall come into a greater and greater realization of what this great teacher was trying to tell you. However, a great many errors have been made in translation and in putting into writing his teachings. For, as you are all aware, a great period of time passed before his teachings were put into writing. But, be that as it may, there are still great truths in the writings, but they must be studied, meditated upon, in order to get the true meanings of what he was attempting to say, to teach to his people. I should like, with your permission, to touch a little bit upon this being and other beings, to try to, shall we say, throw out a few remarks for you to think about. This great being came to planet Earth as an assignment from his superiors, shall we say. He is what is known as a Lord, and throughout creation or the universes, galaxies or the many systems, there are many, many Lords, 
Lord Gods. And this is how many of these terms came into being back in other times. The true meanings of many of these titles have been misunderstood or misused, shall we say. In the various systems, the solar systems, there are many steps of authority, just as it is in many of your governments. The term angel was used a great deal throughout your writings. An angel appeared to this one or that one and gave him certain instructions. These beings are beings or helpers, shall we say, under the Lord. The man whom you call Jesus would be known as a Lord, and he is in charge of planet Earth, so to speak, attempting to bring this planet up through evolution into a higher and higher development of understanding. And in a system there are many lords, and there are many angels. I use the term angels because I am trying to convey to you what was referred to as angels in your early writings. I suppose the reasons your angels are shown with wings today and were shown down through your histories is because they come from space. And in those times, according to the understanding of those people, you had to have wings in order to travel through space or through the atmosphere. So they put wings on them so they could fly. Now, these are helpers. They are beings who work under the Lord. Then you have Lord Gods. Those were the titles referred to. They have many lords working under them, and so goes the chain of authority. Beyond and back of all this, we know that there is one great intelligence. And this, my friends, is what has been referred to when some of the beings that have spoken to you have mentioned the fact that they are an extension of this great universal power or light or whatever term you should like to apply to it. They have only a slight understanding of it and I should have to say the same thing about myself. For my friends, the vastness of this great universe is quite hard to comprehend. Do you think you would agree with me on that? The vastness is so great so very great that until man has reached great heights in his understanding, until his search for truth has taken him far up, it will be difficult for him to understand the true nature of what the ultimate intelligence really consists of. But I do not believe that it is too important at our level of understanding to try to grasp some of these things, for we must go step by step. And if we try to jump over a step or two, then we find great confusion arising in our minds. So the things that are at hand are the things that we must first understand and conquer. We have presented to us great truths. You all agree your teacher, whom you call Jesus, who came here, left a great multitude of truths for you to understand for you to apply in your living. And why not then, my friends, learn to understand these truths and the truths that are already here, that are presented through many, many channels? There have been many masters who have brought great truths, who have written many, many writings of truth. 
those of your people who have been interested enough in searching for truth have read and heard many of these and yet they find it is difficult to apply them to use them now why do they find it so difficult to take these truths and apply them in their lives well my friends from my own observation I see that many people who are studying these things are learning them clearly with their intellectual minds but when it comes to putting them into actual use well they say it interferes with this part or that part of my life I cannot do this because of the circumstances that surround me and all kinds of reasons are found at this time why they cannot apply these I will do it at a later date but right now I cannot because of circumstances this my friends can go on for several lifetimes if man truly wants these things if he truly wants the results that these things will bring then he must put them into practice he must use them to bring about that which he desires or perhaps he does not yet desire as much as he thinks he does when man truly does the things he really wants to do and as a rule when man really sincerely desires to do something he does it he does not let anything stand in his way he does the things that he wants to do now my dear friends I think I have taken enough of your time it has given me great pleasure to come again among you and I sincerely hope that each of you will decide definitely in your own mind what you want and then get it my most sincere blessings to each of you peace be with you my friends peace love and understanding